Hey friend, how was your Thanksgiving? I hope it was really good. I hope it was a blessing to you. I hope that you're not too worn out and that we didn't eat too much turkey. For me, it's not the turkey. I don't know why everybody talks about the turkey. For me, it's the desserts. Too much pumpkin pie, too much pecan pie, too much of, you know, you know, whatever else is there. But here we are. We have finished up the Thanksgiving weekend and it is definitely officially Christmas season now, right? And you saw the title to this episode and you're like, mm, I don't know, Christmas traditions, is this going to be another bucket list? We see people on social media, I've got this bucket list and sometimes they'll create cute chalkboards and they'll check them off. And I very much highly admire that, but I'm more of like a, you know, chicken scratch kind of in a notebook and <laughs> write it on the calendar and get it done kind of person. But do we really need a bucket list? Maybe you do. Maybe you kind of operate in that type of zone if you do. And you have a really cute chalkboard or some type of printable that you have for your whole bucket list for what you want to do for Christmas. Go for it, girlfriend. Let me know. <laughs> I'd love to see it too. But this is not meant to add any more stress onto you. Today, I just simply want to give you 10 simple and budget-friendly traditions that you can think about incorporating. Maybe you'll be like, hey, I like all 10 of these, then hey, go for it. But maybe you're like, hmm, I hadn't thought about that one or that one. And maybe you'll add in one or two. Go for it. And just know that this list can work with families of any size and whatever age your kiddos are. These are all things that my family has done from the time my kids were young to all the way now with teens and young adults. So it can kind of run the gamut here. It'll look different in different seasons, but I'm excited. Let's dive right into this list right now. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, Homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. During the holiday season, there is so much pressure on us moms. And in episode 103, if you didn't listen to that one, jump back to that one. Stop this now and go listen or get through this episode and then hop back to that where I talked about how to actually homeschool through the holidays. And I gave you a bunch of different ideas so that you can create the exact routine or schedule, whatever you operate on better for your family for this Christmas season so that you can maintain your sanity, mama, as well as have some joy this Christmas season and enjoy this season because this is the only time your kiddos are going to be this exact age. They'll be a year older next year. There'll be a lot of things that'll happen between now and then. And I want you to be able to soak in some moments and to spend more time smiling than scowling <laughs> this Christmas season. But there's a lot of pressure. And this list right here is not meant to add any more pressure. Like I mentioned earlier, pick and choose what will work for your family. And if you have to, turn off the Pinterest, take the app off of your phone, don't go on to it, 
Don't go on to social media if it's going to make you feel like you are spending your Christmas holidays in a less than type of manner, because we can just get really caught up in things, especially if your budget isn't huge to be able to do some traditions and have some experiences with your family. So today's list is going to be ones that you can do on a super low budget. Even if you did all of them, all 10 of them, it would still be a low budget. But before I get into the list, I want to kind of tell you a funny story. Uh, It depends on what age you are, but even if you are younger than I am, you might kind of relate, or at least you've heard stories. I was born in the 70s, so a product of, I guess I would say 70s, mostly 80s and 90s. And I remember, I can still picture my house when I was younger, decorated for Christmas, and my mom just doing such an amazing job. Now, back in that time, we had these things called cassette tapes. Okay, so we would record songs from the radio. And my parents were like the original people who did this. Because I remember doing it to songs back, you know, in the 90s. But my parents would have done this, I guess, in the 70s, early 80s, and record songs from the radio. Because we had one mixed tape of all Christmas songs. Because remember, back then, there was no streaming music. And we didn't really listen to the radio. Nowadays, there's radio stations that are playing Christmas songs 24-7 before Thanksgiving even. But the point that I'm going to tell you, this is kind of funny, is I grew up listening to these songs just from this one tape that we would pull out every Christmas and we would listen to it. And I had no idea that anybody else in the world knew these songs until I kind of ventured out a bit more into my own and college and beyond. And I was like, wow. People know these songs that I know from way back in the day. We're talking here some Brenda Lee, some Dean Martin, some Bing Crosby, some Gene Autry, some Perry Como. And the funny thing is that now I can listen to those songs anytime. I don't need that cassette tape anymore. And I'm kind of wondering if my parents still have it. We might just for like nostalgic shit, nostalgia sake, which is is part of the reason why I'm talking about this story right now is that just these traditions, these things that we do that oftentimes we might not think are a really big deal. My parents having this one mixtape wasn't really a big deal. But we listen to that over and over and over again. And when I hear those songs, I think back to that time, just for me, just a young child and being simple and just the magic of Christmas and being with family. And that's the point of giving you some ideas of some Christmas traditions is so that you can bond and kind of glue your family together a bit more. You can enjoy some making some memories that are going to last you a really long time. Now you're ready for that list and you might be doing some of these. If so, give yourself like a high five. Otherwise, grab right now a piece of paper, maybe your homeschool mom notebook. Maybe you have some type of Christmas notebook that you're keeping everything all organized. Kudos to you if you do. But go ahead and write down these different ideas. So the first one is Advent. Technically, Advent, the four Sundays of Advent started. If you missed that, I did talk about Advent in episode 103, gave you some ideas. You are not too late to start celebrating Advent. It can be as simple as getting out some candles and reading scripture. That's enough. But maybe you're like, oh, I'd like to do get some resources. I did mention a bunch of resources in that episode. Go ahead and back and listen to that one, which, oops, sorry, episode 101. I'm getting that confused. So episode 101 and 103 are the two Christmas episodes right now. So I'm getting those two mixed out. And like I mentioned in that episode 101, talking about the Advent, you can do Advent 
purely as a family, maybe in the evening or any time that dad is home and available, or maybe you just do it on a Sunday evening, or maybe Sunday evenings don't work. You just do it on a Saturday evening. It's okay. You can do that. But maybe you also decide, I want to add something special into our homeschool days, whether it's an Advent study or some type of Christmas study, a unit study. I want to recommend again, that if you're going to add that into your day, I want you to take at least one thing out. Don't add it, just replace something with it. Maybe you pull out history or geography or science and you put in an Advent study. Okay, so the first family tradition to do is to celebrate Advent together. The second one is to give your kids a new Christmas ornament. Now I know you can go and you can buy any more ornament that doesn't have any type of meaning, but I want to tell you something that I started doing years ago with my kids. And it is so special. It doesn't matter how old your kids are. You can start this at any time. I began it, I think, uh, I don't even know my kids, my oldest might have been like just a toddler possibly. And so the boys then have always had this as a part of their Christmas traditions. But every Christmas I either make or I find some type of ornament that signifies their year. So for example, There was one year, one of my kiddos was enthralled with frogs and toads. Everything is about frogs and toads. Well, obviously it's going to be a frog or a toad is going to, uh, not a real one. (laughs) I ended up finding a little stuffed one and made that into an ornament. There was years where they were into Legos and I made an ornament that signified that. Years that they were into maybe coloring And I remember buying some um, crayons, just a small pack of crayons and hot gluing them all together. But then there's when they get older, bigger things. The year that they get their driver's license, there is actually driver's license ornaments. And so those years I had to purchase something. But a lot of years, I just kind of thought about what they would and just thought outside the box, use the resources that I had, or maybe just got a couple of craft supplies And it's so fun to give it to them because they're kind of wondering, what is it that mom has noticed about me this year that signifies the year? And I don't give them these ornaments until Christmas Eve morning. And it's kind of exciting and fun. And then I always, here's a little hint, with a marker or something, a Sharpie, write down the year on it because after so many years, you can often forget what year it was given to the kiddo. So I will then give it to them on Christmas Eve morning and they hang it on the tree. And it's really fun just every year when we pull out the Christmas ornament boxes and they look and they're like, oh yeah, remember this one, remember that one. So second tradition here is to give them some type of special Christmas ornament every year. And someday when they are older and they move out and they have their own house, you can give them their box full of ornaments and they have ornaments to be able to decorate their Christmas tree. The third is to give your kids the opportunity to exchange gifts amongst each other. Now, when my kids were really young, they didn't have their own money and we would give them, there's three of them. So it was easy for them to just buy a gift for both of their other siblings. And so we'd maybe give them $5 and they would buy a $5 gift for each sibling. So a total of $10 per kid. Now that they're older, they have their own money and they have their own cars, most of them, not all of them, and they can go ahead out and they can purchase things on their own. But when they were younger, we would kind of, James and I would work it so we would take them out shopping by themselves and really just kind of let them figure out what it is they wanted to give to their sibling. This is a really great way for them to get excited about giving gifts as opposed to when, you know, little kids, 
They're usually really excited about getting gifts, but if you can kind of turn that on them. And I have found with my kids as they have gotten older, it's been such a blessing to see their generosity and the gifts that they're giving. Now, if they're purchasing their own gifts, a tip is to set a money limit so that you don't have one child spending $50 and then another one spending $5. That would kind of be a little bit of a bummer because they're still kids. They're going to notice. This is also something that when my kids were little, we started doing, allowing them to give the gift to each other on Christmas Eve morning. And I found that this helped hold them over for that entire day so that then we go to Christmas Eve service and it just kind of, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Just feels that kind of little bit of the antsiness that they have about Christmas day is that they get, it's like getting a gift early. Okay. Number four, super simple Christmas movies. Now back in the day, you'd have to have the VHS tape. You'd have to have the DVD. Now there's all kinds of streaming services. Come up with a list of Christmas movies that you guys want to watch either as an entire family Or maybe you want to substitute it instead of some of your homeschool lessons during the week. But just know that there are a ton of movies out there and maybe just say, you know what, we're going to do five. Just our top five, we're going to pick those and we're going to make sure we fit those in. Or maybe you don't even have time to do five. That's okay too. Maybe you just do one. But Christmas movies, super simple and easy, can basically be free, especially if you're already paying for some streaming service or if you have access to some of the movies that are free, you can make some popcorn and just kind of cuddle up in your pajamas and enjoy that. Number five is to give some gifts to your neighbors. Now we kind of live in a time and a day and age where we don't know a lot of our neighbors very well. Where I live in the winter time, it gets to be cold and we don't see many of our neighbors. Everybody's just kind of running you know, to their car and then going wherever they are. When they get home, they kind of run inside because it's so bitterly cold. But we do see them when the weather does get warmer. And it's nice just to take the time during the Christmas season to give a gift, especially to people who maybe are not expecting it. Because just think about when you're on the other end of that and somebody drops off a gift that you're not expecting, it feels kind of special. There's a couple of neighbors that we have found in our neighborhood. We are going on our fourth or fifth Christmas here at this house. And we'll, we all kind of exchange sort of the same gifts every single year. So it's kind of fun. It's like, oh, I can't wait to get, get the gift from so-and-so because so we have one neighbor, she makes a peanut brittle and it's so fantastic. And the one day, the one Christmas, I was like, what happened to this box? She sent her teen son to go and deliver them. And I think he like literally just threw it on the porch. <laughs> so maybe if you have young kids or you have older teens, boys who are don't really care much You might want to make sure you go with them to deliver the gifts. And this doesn't have to be anything expensive because oftentimes with our neighbors, we don't really know what they like or they're into. Maybe they have flying a flag for an NFL football team. You're like, okay, I understand what they like then. (laughs) Or maybe you do know your neighbors well, but a common thing that everybody loves is food. Now, sometimes we don't know people's preferences and those kinds of things. I have found my gift that I want to be known for. And that is a Christmas potpourri. I can actually drop into the show notes. I'll put a link to a printable for how we kind of make it. And it's, and there's a, um, so basically it's a printable that you can cut, you can cut this. There's like four or six of them. I don't even remember. It's been a while since I have, well, it's been a year (laughs) since I've looked at it and you can attach that to the gift box. I will find some type of like cute little gift box and then wrap a bow around it. And so it's just a potpourri that they can simmer on a, in a pot 
on their stovetop because I do that in my own house. And so I figured people would like it and they tend, they seem to like it. Okay. Number six here is to do a Christmas Eve shepherd's meal. Now, this is something that I started with my kids years and years ago, and I'll get uh, some blankets and put them on the floor and we'll sit and eat our dinner on Christmas Eve. Now, this started off with basically what I did was create a charcuterie board. And it's kind of funny because here we are 10 years later and charcuterie boards are huge. I actually really love them. It turned into my family's favorite type of Christmas meal. And so we'd go to Christmas Eve service and then come home and I'd already usually beforehand, we'd usually go and I'd get the blankets all set out before we would go to the Christmas Eve service and pillows. And I would get some candles and just kind of light them around the room that we were in and just get bowls and plates and napkins. If your kids are really little, maybe you want to do it at a table. There have been years that we have done it at a table. Now we expanded this in 2020, I think it was, when we did a Christmas Eve service at home. We were doing a home church at the time, and then everybody stayed afterwards, and we just had a massive charcuterie board. So it was like a shepherd's meal on steroids, but everybody sat at tables, and it kind of morphed a little bit. But we're going back to the shepherd's meal this year because it'll just be the five of us at home, and we'll be sitting on our living room floor. The kids will think it's fun. James are getting older. We're like, now we got to get up. (laughs) Okay. Number seven, this one, absolutely free, except for maybe some gas, which you're like, okay, the prices are, then you don't have to go far. But how about driving around and looking at Christmas lights? I remember doing that as a kid. Now maybe you live in the country and you drive up to the suburbs to see all of the Christmas lights, or maybe you go to some Christmas light place. Sometimes some parks are, have all of these light displays and everything set up. Now those are going to cost something, but if you want to keep it free, my kids thought this was super fun because they never quite knew when it was going to happen. Because in the evening after dinner, when they were little, we would be kind of winding down, taking baths, getting our pajamas on. We're going to go to our rooms. We're going to do some reading and head to bed. And I would declare, we're going to look at Christmas lights, like after baths and after their pajamas were on. They'd be like, yes, we grab some hat and gloves and go jump into the car and I'd make some popcorn and we would just drive around for half an hour, 45 minutes. And they were thrilled. They were high on life that night. They just thought it was so fun. So that can be pretty much a free thing. Number eight, (laughs) this one's kind of fun. It wasn't an intentional thing and I didn't know if I was going to include it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to include this in here, but decorating bedrooms, Now this, I know I've seen some things on Instagram. I'm like, wow, your kid's bedroom is decorated better than my living room for Christmas. But that's not what I'm talking about. My kids will decorate their rooms for Christmas. I have one bin that is designated the Christmas decor that I just don't really like anymore. Let's just put it like that. It's not my style anymore. And I just started collecting it into this bin where they were younger. They did not care. And so when it came to decorating bedrooms, I would then take this bin, we'd dump it out, spread it all out, and they would take turns picking something, each one. So one would go, and then the next one would go, and the next one that was the other person, the first person's turn again. And they would pick out things, and they would decorate their rooms. Basically, it kind of sounds a little bad, like with my discarded Christmas decorations. But they were thrilled to be able to put some of those things in their room, whether it was a little Christmas tree or a little snowman. And we still do this. And I'm finding with teen boys, they're like, 
I don't even, uh, maybe I'll take that one little Christmas tree and then my daughter can have the rest of it. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. They just think it's fun to be able to come into the room. You can buy a little bit of lights if you want to put it around their window. Okay, number nine. We got two more here. Oh, and these are in no particular order or anything. It's just kind of how it dumped out of my brain. So number nine is to go Christmas caroling. And you're like, what? That sounds huge. It can be depending on how many people you invite. We tend to invite a lot of people. And we've done it in this neighborhood two different years. And I think we had like 40 to 50 people. But it doesn't have to take a ton of coordination. You just tell people, come to my house at this certain time. So here's the rules that I have set up. When you tell them to come to your house at seven o'clock, nobody comes in the house yet. They're all bundled up. You have to be ready at seven o'clock to start. I had some music, had a couple of songs picked out. And the first year I did go and buy some battery operated candles. Those just didn't quite work well. If you can find some good ones, maybe use those. But I kind of wanted like that vintage nostalgic kind of feel and they didn't really turn out as well as I thought, but maybe you can make it work better than me as opposed to just using flashlights on cell phones. I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. But that really wasn't the point. The point of it was to go and bless some neighbors. And I'm going to tell you right now that your neighbors are going to remember this and they are going to talk to you about it every time they see you. Unless maybe it's like really close, like in proximity to you. After a while, they'll stop talking to you about it. But we will run into people that are on our street, on our block, and we don't see them as often. They might be at the further end or something. It's not even that far. We don't see that very often. Like, oh, we just loved when you guys came Christmas caroling. And so I don't know if we're going to have time to be able to fit it in this year. I'm feeling a little guilty because I feel like they're going to be like waiting for us to come. But just pick a couple of songs. I think we just picked out two different songs and only did one or two verses of it. And then we always ended with, we wish you a Merry Christmas. The point of us singing was only to be a couple minutes long because really, who wants to stand at their door when it's cold out and the, pers the person that you're singing to is not wearing their winter coats and they're standing at the door listening to you singing for 15 minutes. They don't want to do that. So just a couple of minutes, sing, sing, we wish you a Merry Christmas and then head off to the next house. Now, if you don't really know your neighbors, this is a good time for you and your husband then after you're done singing while the group kind of moves on to the next house for you to go up and introduce yourself to those neighbors. It's a way to kind of get to know people. It's a little sneaky way. All right, number 10, and then we're going to wrap this up. Number 10 is to volunteer. Find some type of volunteer opportunity. Ask your church, ask some local churches, or just step in and fill a need. It doesn't have to be a formal way of volunteering. My boys are and I are headed out to a couple of different things this uh, month, and it doesn't have to be that. It could be as simple as recognizing a need or maybe just asking your church secretary, hey, can you let me know of some shut-ins who maybe could use some help, some way that we can, maybe they just need their Christmas tree put up, or maybe they need some errands run, or maybe they need their yard cleaned up. Just some way to volunteer really helps our kids to recognize that there are a lot of needs around us. However, I sometimes hesitate to say like volunteer at Christmas because there's another 11 months of the year. So let maybe this, if this isn't something that you do regularly, let this kind of give you the volunteer bug so that you continue. Volunteer, do something in January, February. There's all the other months of the year that can use some volunteering as well. All right, friend, what do you think about that list of 10 things? I'm excited to hear about what you're going to do. If you do not get my emails, 
you need to get on that list. I share some behind the scenes kind of stuff, but also maybe you just don't quite hear when there's a new podcast episode or what's going on. This is the way that I can kind of communicate with you. So there is a link in the show notes. Go ahead and click on that. Get on the email list if you're not already. But friend, I'm excited about the Christmas holiday season. I'm going to be honest, tell you, I was a little hesitant. Not quite ready for it, but ready or not, it's here. (laughs) All right, have a good rest of your day. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.